Greetings from the Oahu Church of Christ. My name is Jackson Chang, and I am excited to be able to launch my very first podcast series entitled Refined by Fire. It is a series inspired uh, from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, in looking at the Apostle Peter and his life. It is in part also motivated out of what is going on around the world with the COVID-19 pandemic. With shelter-in-place orders throughout the United States and here in Hawaii, and also around the world, staying connected as a church has become more important than ever. So I wanted to do something to help our church members to have another avenue to get a little more dose of the Bible and faith in their lives. Let's jump right in. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3-9. through 9. If you have your Bible with you, you're welcome to read along. If you want to just listen, that's awesome too. But in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, so now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The Apostle Peter pens this in the latter part of his life as he encourages the disciples to continue to persevere and grow in their faith. And he talks about how our faith will be refined by fire, just as his own faith had to be refined. Right? And says, though now for a little while, you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You know, I thought this would be fitting for us today. Um, There are a lot of challenges that come with the whole COVID-19 pandemic. One of the brothers in our Ohana group, which is our small groups that we have, works at one of the main uh, local hospitals and is at the forefront of taking a lot of these COVID-19 patients. The area that he is working in is where they're bringing in those that are infected. So day in and day out, he is around this. Uh, There are those who may have lost loved ones to this pandemic. There are those whose source of income have been cut off because of this. You know, and and definitely there's going to be long-term economic impacts that will be changing things from here on out. So how will all these things refine our faith? And I don't really know what it's like to be in your situation. But one thing I know for sure, if we hold on to our faith and to God, one day, 
we will make it to heaven. And that is the hope that Peter puts out there in that passage. I have two goals uh, as we go through the podcast series and the reason why I'm putting this together. One of them is to equip us with some tools for our own personal Bible study. And when you look at studying the Bible, right, reading the Bible, there are a couple of ways that we can approach the Bible. One of them is to do a character study. Not the character studies that we do with teens. Those are probably, I would categorize them more as topical studies where you study out a specific topic like humility or honesty or something else, right? The character study that I am referring to is where you look at a character in the Bible to learn what God is trying to communicate with us through that character. You know, one of the things that inspires me about the Bible is that it's based on real people, real places, real events in history. That is how God chooses to communicate with us. He wants us to connect with him through men and women just like us. James 5.17 writes about the prophet Elijah, who had done some incredible, phenomenal things in the Old Testament. And you know what it says? It says, Elijah was a man just like us. And that encourages me. That's a great thing about Peter, too. He was a man just like us. So I want us to be able to take a look at Peter and a few snapshots of his life and how those moments shaped him and refined his faith. That is the second goal of the podcast series, to be able to look at Peter and his journey and hope that his life will be able to encourage and inspire us so that our own faith can grow. So before we get to Peter, I wanted to kind of look at this topic, spiritual blindness. And as we kind of look at it, we'll see how that relates to Peter and his life. But Christianity is all about our relationship with God, which is tied into our faith. Faith, as it says in Romans 10, is, comes from hearing God's word. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith has to do with what we do not see. But, you know, as I reflected on that, what I realized was oftentimes what challenges our faith is actually not being able to see clearly the things that we do see. Jesus talks about this whole idea in John chapter 9 about spiritual blindness when he heals a man born blind. Let's go there. In verse One in John chapter 9, it says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Let's take a pause there for a second and look at Jesus' disciples. 
what did they see? Like, how did they see this whole situation? And one of the things that came to the forefront of their minds was this theological question and debate. On one hand, you had Exodus 20, verse 5. It says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So this is like the Ten Commandments. right? So it was customary for the Jews, when they see suffering, to go, that's punishment for sin. Right? And one of the questions that they were having is, well, okay, this man was born blind. So was it his fault or is it his parents? Right? So that's one side. On the other side, you had Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel being one of those main uh, prophets of God back in the Old Testament days. right? And in Ezekiel 18 verse 4, it says, for everyone who belongs to me, the parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. And in, in essence, Ezekiel is saying, you know what? The one who sins is the one who's responsible. Right? So you kind of had this sort of debate going on about this theological question. But the assumption is, Punishment comes from sin. And that's what the disciples were wrapped up with. What did they miss? Love, mercy, compassion. But before we jump on Jesus' disciples, right? Can't we be like that? I mean, even looking at our current situation with the COVID-19, right? Sometimes it's easy for us to just go, well, man, it was, you know, because of the Chinese. If only their government had dealt with it sooner and not allowed people to get out or, you know, face the fact that, yeah, there's a, there's a new virus that's going on. And, you know, and then it's easy for us to look at, you know, our government. Uh, right? The president, the governor, the mayor, and why didn't they do this? Why are they doing that? And, you know, look at all these different things. And, you know, sometimes we we can be wrapped up in that, that we miss on, man, there's people who are hurting out there. Let's take a look at Jesus' response. In verse 3, it says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In verse 6, it says, After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seen. What was Jesus' response? He showed compassion and healed the man. That is the display of God's work and God's heart. Let's read on. In verse 8, it says, His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, 
isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. So here we see another set of people surrounding this event. The blind man's neighbors. They obviously have been around him and had seen him. But what we see here is that they hadn't take the, taken the time to really see him. And it is evident that they did not put one of God's greatest commands to practice, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And I think God was very specific in using that term neighbor. What were their reasons? We don't really know, right? Too busy, indifferent, maybe both. And when we think about that, I think part of it is for us to look at how can we be like this blind man's neighbors? Are we too busy with life? Are we too busy with the things that are going on in our lives to really pay attention to what God wants us to pay attention to. Let's keep going. In verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I watched and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. For he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. So here we see another set of people surrounding this event, right? The Pharisees. They were the dominant sect of Judaism uh, back in those days. And they were popular with the Jewish people. Uh, we're not going to go into the differences uh, of the different sects of Judaism. But in essence... You know, the Pharisees had amongst their sect some of the main religious leaders of Jesus' time. So what were the Pharisees stuck on? Well, Jesus healed on a Sabbath. And that was supposed to be their sacred day of rest, right? And so according to them, as they had sort of set their rules and traditions one of the things, obviously, healing uh, was a violation of what they had established as what's not allowed to be done on the Sabbath. So they had a hard time really believing and seeing the miracle that just happened 
and seeing who Jesus really was because of their religious pride. What was in their hearts that made them hold on to that pride? Envy. They did not like the fact that Jesus was becoming more popular with the crowds than them. You know, right before Jesus was sent to the cross, even the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, knew that they had handed Jesus over to him out of envy. And that's in Matthew 27, 18. Let's keep going. In verse 19, Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know that he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said he is of age. Ask him. Can you imagine if that was your son who was born blind but can now see? What happened here? You know, it was hard for his parents to acknowledge this incredible miracle and to express their joy. Why? Because of fear. They were afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue, which would have affected their ability to worship God, their status um, in their Jewish society. And you know, that fear kept them from seeing that miracle that had touched their son. Right? Pretty amazing when you think about that. I believe that one of the things that God wants us to do uh, through this is to look at the different people surrounding this event and to ask ourselves, you know, are there things in my life that are keeping me from seeing God or seeing Jesus clearly and seeing the things that God is trying to do in my life? And so hopefully we can look at those different people and go, man, you know what? That convicts me. I can relate to Jesus' disciples or I can relate to those neighbors who didn't really pay attention to him or maybe the Pharisees that there's envy or maybe the parents who were afraid, right? I think those are things that God wants us to step back and ask ourselves, Am I like any of those guys? You know, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through the whole passage. And there's obviously a lot more things that we can dive into uh, through this whole uh, event and the different passages and, you know, figure and, and try to see what God is trying to say to us. But let's just jump to the end. Uh, and let's see what Jesus says as he wraps this event up. In verse 35 in John 9, 
Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, talking about the blind, blind man. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Spiritual blindness. The ironic thing in all of this is that you had a man who was born blind, and he is the one who actually saw Jesus with clarity. And everybody else was sort of wrapped up in other things. Among Jesus' disciples, who were wrapped up with that theological question was Peter. And later on, as we go through the different podcasts, we're going to be able to see how this topic really relates to Peter and how he had to go through his own journey in his life to help him to be able to see Jesus with clarity and for him to grow in his faith. And I hope that as we look at his life, that we'll be inspired and grow in our faith and also in our walk with God.